So let's not let uh, Pastor Hal fool you, okay? So that spirit of encouragement when I first met uh, Pastor Hal, I'm, I'm not even going to lie to y'all. Like the first time I met Pastor Hal, I was discouraged because I met him on a basketball court, okay? So I had this preconceived notion that pastors, one, really couldn't play basketball, and if they could, like you got to be nice while you're doing it because we're in a church environment, okay? I want you to keep all the fighting in your hands to yourself, biting, spitting. You can't do none of that. Okay, so I'm on this court playing with a pastor, so I'm just, I said, you know, I'm going to vicariously go up. I'm going to take my shot real quick, and I'm coming up on Pastor Howe for the first time. Now, mind you, he's a pastor, so I'm going to go and take my shot, and I'm thinking he's going to make room for one another's faults like the Bible says. But that is not the case. He takes the ball, he palms it, and launches it across the gym. And I just stood there in shock and awe as he looked at me with a straight face like, yeah, I'm a pastor, and I just did that to you. <laughs> That's how I met Pastor Hal. Listen, in this life, I found that there's always exchanges being had. And the the main thing that's being exchanged in this day and age are words. We don't know the power of our words, so we exchange them carelessly. When we go to Thanksgiving dinner, I, I would caution you to be very careful as you speak to your loved ones and present yourself as children of God. Because sometimes that family member at that Thanksgiving or wherever you can go, that, it's that person that can push that button. You're going to meet some of those people over Thanksgiving, so I'm just encouraging you as we move into the spirit of that, be careful with your words. Be careful how you exchange them. I still remember the first time that I met God. I had so many things, so many preconceived notions about who God was. I thought that he hated me. I said, God surely hates me because of the lifestyle I have chosen to live, and I held on to these, unwilling to exchange my opinion for what was true, not knowing that there was a man who walked the earth by the name of Jesus Christ who says, follow me, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I didn't follow him. I held on to my position. God is cruel, and I know I'll get my just due when I meet him. See, it wasn't until I was done with my way, when I was done with my way that I truly wanted to do what Romans 12 and 2 says to do. If you guys could put that scripture up. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I was at a position in my life to where my mind had been conformed to the thinking of the world, the same world that depicted God as an evil judge in the sky. He's just so mean. He wants to kill your fun, Eddie. Man, you like partying in the club on Friday and Saturday, and that man that's on the corner telling you you're going to burn in hell, he belongs to him. I didn't want to meet God. I didn't want anything to do with God. I was doing me. I said I'll meet him when I meet him. But I'm going to tell you guys what happened. I'm dating my girlfriend for five years. I tell this story. If you know me, I've told this story many times before. I date my girlfriend for five years. I'm cheating on her because I don't know God. I decide, hey, I'm going to just cheat on my girlfriend. I'm never going to get caught. And then one day I'm in my master bedroom. I'm chilling, doing me. I'm having my cake and eating it too. And the uh, girl I was cheating on my girlfriend with, she calls me on the phone like that song that Usher put out. 
confessions. Hey, Eddie, I'm pregnant. Uh-oh. That's what I said. I was 21. I was like, hey. I'm on the phone like, Usher, are you sure? Put that on everything. So she says, no, yeah, I'm sure. So I'm panicking. 21 years old, I don't know God. I'm selfish at the time because, see, I didn't choose to exchange my selfishness for selflessness. So I still have selfishness in me. So when she said over the phone, see, she was just as selfish as me. See, selfish people like to keep the company of other selfish people. So she said what I was thinking. I'm not ready to be a mother. Oh, man, you said it, not me. I said, well, I'm not ready to be a father. And she says, I'll tell you what. Give me the money, and I'll take care of it. I'm 21 years old. I'm like, yeah, no problem. I'm not thinking about it, but in the back of my mind, I hear a still small voice starting to form like, hey, are you sure you want to do that? I mean, I know you say you don't know who God is, but don't you think it's about time that you exchange your opinion for what is true about what you're going to do? I didn't do it. I stayed in that uh, master bedroom for a little while. And then some said, get in your car. So I got my car, and I just started to drive. And as I was driving, I came to a red light, and my phone began to ring. And when I pick it up, it's her. She doesn't say any words, but two, it's done. And we both hang up the phone. I'm 21 years old. I'm thinking in my heart like, yo, I just got off scot-free. I don't have to tell my girlfriend anything. But instead of being excited, I start crying. Why am I crying, man? It's supposed to be a good thing, man. What's wrong with you? And I hear a still, small voice, that voice in me saying, wrong. And it wasn't an angry voice. It was a patient voice. It was a kind voice. But he said, wrong, wrong. Time goes by. Me and my girlfriend split. Months go by. I'm laying in my condo once again. The lights are off. The blinds are closed. I don't want to do anything. I'm thinking about if there's a God. I'm doomed. I am doomed, bro. I really don't want to meet him now. But he's so kind. I remember being in my condo, and I remember the voice saying, go to Orlando. Go to Orlando. And before this, to go back in the story, I remember going to a church for the first time. Even though I was scared, I went to the church for the first time, and I don't even remember what the pastor said. He was one of those hooping and hollering preachers, and I was like, whatever. I'm just here because I want to meet this God. I want to see if I'm going to burn up in the back of this church. I don't know what's going to happen. I didn't burn up because I'm still here, but I remember this guy after he was done hooping and hollering saying, this is a time where we enter into prayer. We can have an exchange with our God. And I was nervous, but I said, yo, I'm not going to come to the end of my life without having this exchange with him. Let's see who this God is. So I remember I got on my knees at the back of this church, and I proceeded to pray for the dumbest thing that I could pray for. God, I'm crying. I'm tough. God, I know everything that I've done, and if you could just give me a wife and some kids. I'll be the best husband and father I know how to be. And I got up. It wasn't until I walked out of the church till I said to myself, that was the dumbest thing you could have ever asked for. The first time you meet God, you have a stupid prayer 
Like, give me a wife and some kids after you were cheating on your girlfriend and you abort the life of a child. I'm laying in my condo two weeks later. I hear a voice in my heart saying, go to Orlando, go to Orlando. God, I don't want to go to Orlando. I didn't know who that was. That's who that was at the time. But I'm just saying to myself, I don't want to go to Orlando. Three hours go by and finally I get a phone call from my friend. He says, what you doing right now? I said, I'm in my condo, man. I don't want to be bothered. I'm getting ready to hang up. And I hear him as I pull the phone away. He says, hey, come to Orlando. I put the phone back like, hey, what did you say? He said, come to Orlando. So I came to Orlando. Long story short, I meet my wife of eight years now in Orlando, and now we got three kids. So the exchange, the most powerful exchange that ever happened in my life was a verse that's not in the scripture tonight, but it's the scripture on my heart. That's why I didn't put it up because I know it by heart. The very first truth that God exchanged with me was in church one day. I was sitting in church one day, and I still remember that uh, I heard a verse, Isaiah 55, 8, 8 and 9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways, declares the Lord. For just as the heavens are exalted above the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. I was sitting in church for the first time like, that's Chinese, I don't know what that means. I'm going to hold on to my confusion. And God says, let me exchange your confusion for some understanding. He says, look to your left. And I still remember at the time I had two sons. And I looked to my left, they're one and two, and my wife. And my one and two-year-old are raising their hands and they're praising God. And my wife is praising God. And God says, I'm nothing like you. I don't think like you. My ways are not your ways. You take, I give, I'm good, you're evil. But I want you to know there's more. I gave you the life of my son, Jesus Christ. So when I was getting ready to come here tonight, I said, God, that's all well and good uh, that me and you have been having exchanges that are changing my life. But what would you have me to speak to the exchange tonight? He says, well, some people are still battling with their confusion, unwilling to exchange their confusion for some understanding. I survey the church everywhere I go to speak, and I, I, I don't, I wish I can report to you guys that I see people winning in Christ Jesus, and this is the part that I get passionate about because I've seen the application of this word in my life when I had confusion and I got on my knees that faithful position where I found God in the first place and I said, God, give me an understanding for this thing that my heart doesn't understand. And I remember what he says. He says, Proverbs 3 and 5, lean not to your own understanding. When I get on my knees, I tell God, I, I'm not going to just depend on what I think I know because that kind of living, that kind of lifestyle almost got me killed. I can't keep living with what I think. See, people go into survival mode and we're unwilling as human beings sometimes to go to God for something new. God says there is nothing truly new under the sun. Everything that's been done has always been done. So if we thinking our new way is truly new, God says it's not new. Somebody before you came up with that idea, you were just too young to know that skinny jeans, yes, sorry to tell you, been done before, already happened. 
I hear God in my heart who loves, and that song was so powerful. And I know he says, I I just want to stay here in that song. It's funny how the praise and worship team stayed in that song, and they say, look where my chains are now. Look where my chains are now. And I said, keep singing that part, God, because when I get on stage, I'm going to tell the audience, look where my chains are now, my chains of unbelief. My change of doubt and fear. God says, for there is no fear in perfect love, but perfect love does what? Cast out fear. God says, see, if you come to me and you get a perfect love, if you exchange your fear for perfect love, then fear can no longer reside in your heart. How many of us are fearful about relationships that we are going through? How many of us are fearful about our futures? Let's be honest. How many of us are fearful about the sin that goes on behind closed doors? That secret sin that nobody knows about, only you. If somebody knew that deep, that dark, that sin, that thorn in your side, what would they say at the exchange? If I was put on display for everybody to know my weakness, would they love me the same? And I hear God in my heart now saying, I would. Because I exchanged something for you. I exchanged someone for you. I want you guys to really think about what he's saying in this, what he's speaking in my heart right now. He says an exchange took place over 2,000 years ago before you were even here. And I knew that the exchange had to be done because I knew that you guys would be sinful. Romans 12 and 2, be not conformed to the world, but be renewed by, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God, what do you want me to transform my mind with every single morning? I am loved by God in the name of Jesus Christ. God has given me his best gift when I was the worst me, so nothing that Satan throws at me will be successful against me, no weapon formed against me. You know why I love Jesus? He's so cool. Jesus did the first exchange. Did you notice that? When Jesus was in the wilderness and Satan was trying to tempt him, he was exchanging all of those half-truths with the whole truth. Do we do that with God? Do we exchange when our nemesis, the devil, comes at us and says, you'll never be greater than the expectation of your father who wasn't present in your life, but only long enough to tell you that you'd never be who he thinks you couldn't be? Where are we at, the exchange? 20s and 30s, the young crowd. You know, in six years, he won't be able to invite me here. I'll be 40. I can't speak to you. You guys will kick me out. Here comes Eddie. He's 40 now. You're not supposed to be in here. So what happens when I'm 40? Does the next generation step up behind me with a fire in their soul? Do you have a fire in your belly when you wake up in the morning for Jesus? Or do you back down from Satan? See, I face adversity every day. I'm not standing here telling you that you're not going to face problems. I'm asking you a question, how are you going to face it? See, when I stand before God, he puts a countenance on my face that tells me, Psalm 118 and 24, for this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. He gave me the day. He has prepared something for me to have in the day. And he says that thing is joy. He says, I want you to have that from the start to the finish of your day. How can we do that with mounting bills? How can we do that with unfaithful spouses? How can we do that with fear of loneliness? Am I always going to be this lonely? 
Will it never change? How can I have joy all day, God? He says, because the same God who's commanding you to have joy gave you a reason to have joy. When Satan brings adversity against me, do you know what I do? I stand forth like a soldier of God, like a mighty man of valor. I wish you guys could see my spirit sometimes because this is how I feel when my feet hit the ground. I stand at attention before my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and I said, God, I will have joy. I will walk in faith the way you command me to. And when I meet adversity, I'm telling you, whoever is against me, I'm just saying you might want to get out of my way. Are we walking like that? I'm challenging you. You know, it's so many pastors to promise you they're going to let you go. I stopped doing that. I stopped doing that. I stopped talking for 15 minutes and saying, okay, good talk. I hope you guys are encouraged. No, I don't just want you to be encouraged tonight. I want you to develop a practice that encourages you. I want you to be able to get on your knees every single morning and be encouraged by God. Be encouraged by the verse that says, for God so loved the world, for God so loved, insert your name that he gave his only begotten son that I should not perish but have everlasting life. You know what kind of church I want? I pray to God for this church. I say, God, I want a church of people so on fire for you, God. That Satan trembles every time we congregate. I want soldiers for you, God, that are so dedicated that they don't get caught up in civilian affairs anymore. We don't talk about impeaching the president because we serve somebody higher than the president. We don't wake up like the rest of the people in civilization and panic over how this is going to get paid or that's going to get paid because the general we serve says, I'll richly supply your need. I'm not asking you to go to war without weapons. So this is what I challenge everybody with. Are you walking in defeat? You know, when I walk Next to somebody who's walking in defeat, I bear their burden, and I'm like, bro, I've been there before. I've been where you are, bro. That's a hard thing to be alone, bro. That's hard. But I don't want you to stay there. I want you to walk. I want to walk with you by faith. I want you to see what God showed me about loneliness, how he developed me in that quiet space. We're so afraid to be alone that we never take advantage of it by praying to God. You know, maybe God purposed some of us to be alone for a season of our life so that he says, I could have you to myself so that I could prepare you for a spouse because I know what you're going to do, daughter of God. I know what you're going to do, son of God. If you get into a marriage that doesn't work and is horrible and maybe he abuses you verbally or physically, what are you going to say to me? Why, God? Well, I tried to keep you single that I could prepare you. but we insist on our own way, don't we? I hear God in my heart saying, you too, Eddie, you too. I heard you, God, me too, I know. We insist on our way because it's a survival mechanism. If you were hanging on a float in the middle of an ocean that is just raging and you were holding on to this thing for dear life and I said, I got a better device for your safety, 
there's fear in our hearts that says, I don't want to let this go because it may kill me. This is the only way I know how to do life. But, yo, if you don't believe me in what I say, look at me on this life raft, sleeping with Jesus. Like, bro, that tube is losing air. You're going to die in 20 minutes. Get on the boat with me. Get on the boat with Pastor How How you get on the boat? Just walk in faith. Just walk in faith. We're not perfect men. But I love being around men like Pastor How. I love being around godly men because when I start to trip like they did in the, in the boat, in the Bible, Pastor How, he's one of the ones. Hey, <laughs> sit down. If you panic, they going to panic. Somebody got to know it's going to be okay. But I'm challenging you guys tonight. The exchange. Aren't you ready to exchange your problems with a God who is so ready to give you a solution? How can we deny that God is ready to give all of us our individual solutions to the problems that we face when he's given us the greatest solution in Jesus already? And guess what? You were his worst enemy when he did it. Please don't stand before me and tell me what God can't do because I've seen God do the most complicated thing in my world, and that's love me. Ask my wife. That's hard to do. Ask her. Oh, man, Eddie can insist on his own way sometimes. She'll tell you. Oh, Eddie's way or the highway. But I serve a God who loves me unconditionally. Put that last verse up for me. I love this verse. I love this verse. So earlier this afternoon, he gave me this verse, and I totally forgot. I totally forgot that the word exchange was in this voice. I'm like, that's how cool God is sometimes. I just got on my knees. I said, God, I'm a dummy. I don't really know what to say tonight, but I know if I ask you, you're so willing to give me words for your children. Give me a word, and this is the word that he gave me. Then Jesus said unto his disciples, this is the way, the truth, and the life speaking to his children, the disciples. If any man will come after me, the truth, you want to know how to truly live your life? It says, follow after my example. You got to come after me. What's the main thing stopping us from coming after Jesus? Watch, he's about to say it. And take up his cross. What does he mean by take up your cross? He says, every single day you're going to come to a crossroads in your life. So you're, you're not going to know what to do with a situation about a promotion or by being fired or laid off or by a spouse that's boneheaded. And it's a crossroads in your life to where you can depend on the information that you already have or you can tap into the server. See, our minds are only but so big. We can only contain so much information. That is why I get on my knees and I tap into the server. God, I pray that you would get rid of all this useless information that has not profited me and give me some new information. Stay with me, children of God. I hear Jesus in my heart saying, couldn't you stay up an hour? I know it's tough. We've been working today. I feel you. And follow me for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. I didn't understand that, but I exchanged my confusion for understanding, and this is what he says. If you insist on your way, your finite knowledge of doing things, your relationships will fail. Your career will come crashing down. But, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Look, if you stop insisting on your own way and you exchange what's true about that situation, I'll give you more life. Like I promised. Listen to what he says, and I'll end here. 
For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Think about that for a second. What if I told you that I knew how to get life done without God? Would you do it? Knowing that you had to meet him? What if I told you I can make the money that you worry about? What if I told you that I knew how to make your relationship work without Christ in it? Would you be foolish enough to believe me? He says, let's say for a second, even if Eddie could do that to you, is it worth your soul? Because when you get back to me, I'm going to tell you, I never knew you. I never knew you. Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? I know what you won't give. You won't give him an excuse. God says, you won't exchange an excuse with me because I promised you no man will come before me with an excuse on judgment day. So what am I saying, guys? This is the good news. This is the gospel. This is what I live for. God is not against us. He is truly for us. If you've been living in defeat, fear, sin, whatever you've been living in, I know God is calling you out of that right now saying, remember who you are. It's all about identity. It's all about the life that I gave so that I could identify with you and remind you of who you are and the power that you have. All you got to do is speak it in Jesus' name. And it will be done. God is looking for his children to have faith, to demonstrate faith to a world that is dying because they do not believe in our God. Will we exchange opinions with them or will we demonstrate who God is by our actions? Let's pray. God, you have been so good, so kind, so patient with me, God. Even being here speaking on this stage right now is a testimony of your patience. Knowing, God, that I still have a long way to go. Your love for me is so loud, Heavenly Father, God. It echoes, Heavenly Father, in the back of my mind to the depths of my soul, from the crown of my head to the sole of my feet. God, I hear your love for me. It is so loud, God. It is so defining, God. It's defining my character. And I pray that this voice would sing over everybody in this crowd right now, God. I pray that the fears that we have about our sins being greater than your grace, God, I pray that you would wipe those fears away, God, in the name of your great love. You paid too high of a price for us to live our life in doubt, God. You are good, God, because of what you have given. So, God, I pray that if a child has a need, they'd come to you tonight and say, God, I need it. If that's you right now, you can say that in your seat. Say, God, I need you. I need you like I never have before. God, I'm exchanging my doubt. I'm exchanging my fear. I'm exchanging my insecurity. I'm exchanging my loneliness for victory, God. I'm exchanging my timidity for power, God, and a sound mind. God, I pray if that's them tonight that you would bless the confession of their lips. God, thank you for who you are. Thank you, God, that you are willing to exchange with a sinful people the life of your son, Jesus Christ. And I pray that your love, your grace, and your mercy would make us soldiers for your kingdom. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.